Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, uh, a podcast that will have a, uh, sorry, we can't do this press conference now. We have to go. Sorry, everyone. Bye. My name's Frank. I fall. I'm Scott. Uh, that, was, yes. that was perfect. That was that was still less awkward than that press conference. It really was. Uh, it, it's been about fifty. You, you, the fans weren't here for the first fifty-five minutes of just dead air that we recorded. I think I'll go back <laughs> and delete that. Um, but good news is the podcast is almost over because it's just a two-minute podcast. We have lots of stuff to talk about in Bills Nation. Bills. Uh, Bills Nation. Bill. Yeah, Bills. Bills Nation. I think that maybe works. Maybe next to Stan. Maybe yeah. next. Euristan? Maybe the, next to Azerbaijan? I, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I assume we have to go with the Bill, former Soviet Republic. Mafia land. Yeah, that's, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> the gangland state of Bill's Mafia. Right. Um, it's just all run by the mob now. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, like at least two, if not three, retirements. Another person that was let go. Uh, quarterbacks moving. Uh, cats and dogs living together. Uh, escape the room. We'll see. Uh, but we're going to start with what was probably the most startling story and certainly the strangest story of the last two weeks, which, of course, was the Eric Wood retirement. Um, you're going to be hearing this on Friday, uh, which is when I posted. But a week ago, Friday, uh, there was a weird tweet about a Bills player uh, from a from a fantasy football scout, uh, XM Sirius radio station, about a Bills player who was going to have uh, have to retire due to an injury. Uh, and there was going to be a press conference on Monday, and the people on the radio were like, this is weird, and they started doing their stuff. And as more and more people confirmed things, it came out uh, that this was true, and then ultimately by the middle of the day, Eric Wood uh, was revealed to be the person, and then he said we'd hear more on Monday at his press conference. Um, And it was very sad. It was due to a neck injury. Um, I saw you guys on Saturday, and we talked about it a little. I think the consensus was we were pretty happy that he's walking away from it. So there's that part of it. And then uh, the second part of it, which is the incredibly awkward press conference that started late and then ultimately Eric Wood took no questions and spoke for two minutes. Um, This in the face of tons of Bills alumni being there, including uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and people who are no longer associated with the team. So the the feeling was that this was supposed to be a big send off that that sort of got short changed uh, or or cut short um, for some reason almost certainly to do with contract, but I, I have talked enough. Let me start with Scott. Scott, first of all, your thoughts on Eric Wood retiring uh, to the extent that you have any, and then speculation or understanding with regards to the the, the strange way it played out on Monday. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, any, you know, it's any, any, uh, any plane crash you can walk away from is, is a good plane crash. Any, any uh, football career that you can kind of walk away from is, is kind of a good career at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, though obviously we'll, we'll we'll all find out you know more about CTE and everything else with all of the current players and how much we've uh, how much time we've spent encouraging young men to get their brains knocked in uh, and w- how we'll feel about that a couple years from now. But um, in the absence of that, you know, I think it's. I mean, Eric's made enough money, so I, I think he should be set for life at this point, and his family should probably be set if they have a good financial advisor, which I hope they do. So in that sense, I'm not. Um, I'm not terribly concerned. I think the one thing that that bothers me about this that that I discussed with a bit with Frank on 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 Saturday was the the idea that this was basically found in a post 
see, you know, like a postseason kind of physical. Like they were, mm-hmm. they they brought him in for a workup, and then they're like, "Oh, your 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 neck is is not going to work anymore, and you can't <laughs> play football." And it's kind of like, um, I guess I mean this is some of my ignorance of knowing how the NFL works during the season, but it seems like that would be a thing that is unlikely to arise out of nowhere mm-hmm. um, without any other symptoms, and it would also seem to be unlikely that literally i mean it wasn't like it was i mean if you if you assuming they did a physical before training camp started let's say mm-hmm. that would have been you know mid july so it literally would have been you know about 6 months ago that they cleared him to play so i have some questions about exactly what could have happened in the course of that 6 months now admittedly a football season is one of the most <laughs> traumatic things you could do to your neck probably in the course mm-hmm. of a 6 month uh, time period but this isn't his first football season. This is obviously his his tenth or whatever it is. So, right. I think I have some questions about exactly what the medical staff was doing and or looking at, and how how are. Scott sounds like he uh, dipped out for a second. We'll see if his if right. his volume last oh. two or three weeks before the season ended, and right. So you know they had missed something. So I understand that everyone's human here, but there needs to be multiple. There needs to be. A, there's a process in place so that one. I think one single human error should not lead to someone going on the field with a chance to get paralysis or something. I'm not saying that's what happened, but clearly there are some there's some gaps here. Right now, uh, I, I like to be a source of, uh, of dissension, so I'll, I'll be a source of dissension on this. There was a good article I read in the uh, San Diego Union Tribune uh, from a sports medical analyst uh, who said in its title, if you want to check it out sometime, the bad news is actually good news for Eric Wood. And he mentioned, uh, you know, one of the most important functions of a team physician is to perform exit physicals, which is where Wood's issue is discovered. Uh, the busiest time of year for all team medical staffs is when the season is over, and that's when the exit physicals are performed and nagging injuries are, are cared for. And he talks about how players don't even want to report injuries sometimes during the season because they can deal with the pain, and that's why the injury reports are somewhat of a joke in the league right now, and that the players don't complain much. But uh, I guess the goal of the exit physical from uh, this article, which I hadn't really known much about beforehand, you know, the goal is to identify all problems and get players healthy uh, to prevent further injuries. So uh, apparently the Bills did a, uh, a good job of, of doing that on the is, – is Wood was, was exiting. But Scott also brings up – because I don't, I don't like to upset Scott, so I, I do want to acknowledge How dare his, you, sir. I know. Uh, mm-hmm. His valid point is if there is a neck injury or head injury and it's a nagging one, I feel that yields a little more concern than if it were a nagging toe injury or shoulder injury or things that aren't going to be life-altering if it gets re-aggravated on the field. For the most part, don't get me wrong, if you break a leg, uh, you're probably screwed for, for your life if, if it's uh, you know broken in a certain way. So, you know, I was happy they caught it. Frank had brought up a good point on uh, – especially before we knew the severity brought up a good point on Twitter, like, hey, let's not just be talking about the money aspect of this because, you know, hey, this is a human being. We want to make sure he's okay. The good news is, by all accounts, is that he is okay. So we will, at some point down the road, discuss discuss the money on it. And he's, you know, obviously he's not officially retired yet because they're still sorting out the, the salary situation. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, Eric did a – he was a fine job. He was a, a, an above-average center for this organization above average guard for a while at the beginning of his career. 
He got seen through the playoffs, a great offensive leader, continuously voted team captain throughout the year. So he's going to be missed. And then the question is, you know, who's going to step in and, you know, mm-hmm. help when, when you take that role? Is it going to be Groy? Is it going to be a draft pick? Is it going to be a free agent? So many ways this could go. Yeah, I think that it's that that's the purpose of this press conference, which is a bit disappointing, or, or the reason it fell apart was the the between the Players Association and the front office sort of realizing how the money works on the books um, that he wasn't allowed to retire then. And I don't know if it's and, and certainly there was some speculation that, you know, to ensure the bills didn't try and take his money away, some of his signing bonus away because it was a football related injury, which would have been different if he had hurt himself a different way. He, after all, hasn't played a snap of that extension yet. And so um, there would have been some pause possibly for the bills to ask for some of his money back um, and and then maybe even, you know, deny him some of the injury money. I I don't think that they want to do all that. I do believe that what they play, what they hope to do is release him after the league year starts. And that sort of pushes some of the dead money to next year instead of right this minute. Um, so I think that's what that was. The disappointing part was he found, I mean, his, he found out an hour before his kid was born. That's what he said. Um, so they, that gave him at least, you know, 10, 11, 12 days to sort of figure out how to do this um, and what could be said and what couldn't be said. And it just seems, it seems like poor planning uh, on everybody's part if, at the last minute, they realized that this was not going to be a good way to do it. Um, the other thing is, I mean, he if you take him at his word, you know, he didn't have these injuries at the beginning of the year. He didn't look like he had these injuries after the two stingers and back-to-back weeks, and it was only in this exit interview. Now, maybe there is – maybe that's not true. Maybe there is some – maybe he's covering for the Bills or himself a bit in regards to he was playing knowing he had some sort of injury. But, you know, if you take that and it's just something about where the spine has moved, kind of like Aaron Williams's injury, which we'll talk about uh, in a minute, um, that the spine simply where it is cannot absorb, you know, cannot safely absorb another shock and be guaranteed to not, you know, set off those nerves. I'm not doctor enough to to know that. I, I think Scott's right to be a little skeptical about how it how it came down, but I, I at least am going to take him at his word with regards to that he certainly didn't understand the severity of something before uh, it happened. The other thing I said Saturday night when we were all together was that in a weird way, I'm not. I'm, I'm I guess I'm happy that they. I don't want to say I'm happy they lost the game against Jacksonville, but if they win the game against Jacksonville and keep playing. I mean, you're just, it's another spin of the chamber before you pull the trigger with his neck, it sounds like. And we could have been watching Eric Wood get carted off the field. I mean, the way they've made it sound, they've made it sound like, you know, he was one bad hit away from, I guess they all are, but he was perhaps even more so one bad hit away from, you know, not walking or being in a life-threatening situation. So, uh, you know, the silver lining, I suppose, the way we could cast it with regards to Eric um, and his injury. Do we have other thoughts on that, or should we move on to yesterday's surprise and uh, not surprise retirement, but surprise that it happened and he came to Buffalo to discuss it? Yeah, that was, uh, Eric, a, that was a great letter. I thought that uh, that I don't know if anyone's had a chance to read the the yes. players' review letter. Okay, good. Mm. Just to set the stage for you, Aaron Williams, former defensive back for the Buffalo Bills, who 
um, stopped playing last year after he was hit again. I mean, he, he'd been taken off the field, uh, as he said, four different times in his, in his football career, um, but had been taken off the field the year before. And then last year, again, uh, when Jarvis Landry kind of lit him up, um, uh, which he talks about in the field. So he retired. He basically had discussions with teams other than the Bills who, upon looking at his neck, basically said, we're not going to put you on the field. You're not cleared to play football for a very similar reason. The nerves, I heard it in an interview with him on the radio uh, yesterday. And basically the, the, between the, between the vertebrae of your spine is a little bit of wiggle room for your nerves. And the way it sits, it just would not take very much for them to, to, you know, snap or cut or uh, pinch and really do lasting permanent damage to his body. So he's, he's done with, playing football. He said he wants to, you know, plenty of life left. He'd like to eventually get back and do something with football. Um, but Paul, it sounds like you read that letter too. So why don't you give me your, your thoughts on it? And I did. And one of the first things that, that stood out to me, and I know other people have mentioned this already, is it is extremely hard for someone to come out and admit when they weren't fully focused, when, you know, to, to just point out their flaws and to do so in an open letter when he talks about his first two years with the Bills. And we all remember his first two years with the Bills and how mediocre he was playing mainly cornerback, though he was thrown at safety a bit. You know, he was being defensive on Twitter and he wasn't really doing much. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it seemed, he became this big, reliable player. They gave him a, a an extension after he'd, he'd served his time and really just, you know, as a guy that seemed to be respected around the, the locker room for Buffalo and who did a really solid job on the, on the field. So what stood out to me most about that article at first was him coming out and saying, Hey, Bill's mafia, I didn't give it my all those first yeah. two years. That is not easy to come out and say that, Hey, I sold you guys short and I'm sorry. And he, he indicates a level of regret. I remember about the fact that, he his career was only so short now he feels ended up being so short and he feels like those were in some sense wasted years but also you know he was he was grateful for the opportunity he was very thankful to buffalo and the fans and of course we love that but we love it because he didn't need to be either it's not like he was just reciting the same old lines like they will always have a special place in my heart like he went into specifics and going out with fred jackson and fred introducing him to the city and him becoming more focused and, and a much better ball player and I, it really is a shame that Aaron Williams' career was cut short. I thought when he got moved to safety and when he started to focus, he was one of the better safeties in the league. Thankfully for the Bills, they got two good safeties in Hyde and Poyer. But, you know, regardless, you don't want to see Aaron Williams' career end the way it did. Kudos to him for having such a, a positive attitude about it. Similar situation to Eric Wood. We're glad he's off the field before anything life-altering could have happened to him. So, you know, even though he was no longer part of the Bills organization officially since they cut him before the end of last, uh, excuse me, before the beginning of last season, you know, he's, he was most recently part of the organization. And, you know, best of luck to him and kudos to him for looking in the mirror, being honest with himself and then being honest with, with everyone else about his career. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think, you know, I think Aaron, you know, I think, reading the reading the article and I was kind of reading it a bit as, as Paul is talking um, you know I think it's definitely it's sad that it didn't work out obviously I mean he's not the first guy this has happened to obviously uh, 
for not the first by far. I mean, Kevin Everett or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, other guys who, you know, that was just another, you know, head and neck injury, but there've been plenty of other guys, you know, um, you know, James Hardy, you know, had injury problems, you know, he was ineffective at, at problems too, but then obviously he had, you know, he had, his life ended later on. Um, just, you know, I feel like last year ago we were talking about yeah. that. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's sad to kind of see the promise of just young men in general, you know, regardless of the, of, you know, our own, you know, we know these guys cause they're, they're, their bills and we we debated about them and we talked about them and and we treat them like they're you know players in a video game to a certain extent or people we watch on the tv but it's not you know it's it's when you get down to the what happens after the game that you you start having to deal with the fact that they are humans and that they're they're more than just the 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 gladiators on the field to a certain extent so um you know i'm uh, you know i'm glad that he's again that he's getting out while he is like like we've been saying um, and you know, I, I, I guess that the last, you know, the only thing I'll say is, you know, he's always welcome back. You know, at least I think that's the same thing with him and Eric both is, you know, I hope that they feel like they're, I hope that the bills keep the door open to them. You know, obviously there are, are, are levels of that. You know, there's like the Jim Kelly level, which is like Jim gets to do whatever he wants because he's Jim Kelly. And I don't think Aaron Williams gets the Jim Kelly treatment, but I, I also think that there's still, you know, a place for him you know, on alumni days and, you know, various kind of things, you know, I don't think that there's going to be people who are going to look back at Aaron Williams's career and think of it anything other than fondly. I mean, yeah, those first two seasons, yeah, it was frustrating because he, you know, and and to be fair, I think we were playing it out of position those first couple of two years. Like he was a good, he was a much better safety. I think, I think he was built better for that than he was a corner anyway. I mean, maybe it would have been different if he was taking it more seriously, but I think that was, that was part of the problem with him earlier on. So, Right. Um, you know, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I thought he was a really good player for us. And I think it was a, you know, that's, that's not the only reason that's, you know, that that's ultimately a, probably a small reason why this is a shame. Um, but I, again, it's not that big of a shame because he's still, again, he's still walking away. So, yeah, um, we need to set the, uh, settings to no injuries for the season. I feel like we should be adjusting this game of Madden. Yeah. Little, yeah, straight. exactly. Where's the, where's that setting on our, yeah. on our, on right, our, it's 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 really interesting to me too because the Bills during the year were one of the luckiest teams, if you will, in terms of not having a lot of man time lost to injuries. But how funny when the season ends, you lose a former Pro Bowl center and then a guy, even though again no longer with the organization, but a quality safety, having to retire because of an injury as well. Uh, Paul, I think you zooled a bit at the end there. You may have zooled a tiny bit at the end. All right, I should have tweeted yeah. it, so I'm gonna log off. You broke your own rule. Yeah. Yep. All right. I, I'll uh, just have, I'll have this. I'll ask this question to you, Scott, because it's really just doubling back on Eric Wood. Do you know? Do you know if there's a reason why they couldn't have just kept him on the roster, put him on IR for two years, and he could have collected his money and was money they had already planned on spending, and so it wouldn't have really changed any of the cap stuff. Other than, I guess it's probably a bit of a pain in the ass for Eric, who, who might want the lump lump sum all, all up all front, but. Do you, can you think of yeah, a reason why? I think it's I think it would be an NFLPA issue. I think it would be one of those things where it was collectively bargained that you can't do that or that. Right. If you're a player and you want to retire, you get to retire when you want and get your money when you want and you don't yeah. have to sit on IR. Um so I think that's how they would probably like even if Eric Wood wanted to do that and the Bills wanted to do that, the NFLPA may say like there's a reason we don't have this. It's for the good of our okay. union and that's I could see it being that way, don't you think? 
Yeah, I, I definitely could see it being that way. It just when they were talking about it, and I realized that like this cap money was going to get accelerated. I thought, well, it is it is it any re, is it really any different for Eric Wood if he just gets his paychecks over the next couple of years but doesn't have to do anything? Um, and they just you know, and if, by the time you put him on IR, then you're not even needing up a roster spot. He just sort of has to show up probably and take a test and say, yeah, you're not cleared for football. So um, yeah, but it, it's not ultimately a uh, an issue that we need to address. Um, I'm going to skip down quickly to and then come back to the quarterbacks. But I'd also like to point out that uh, Gil Bird was let go by the Bills, uh, the defensive backs coach, uh, in possibly an effort only to hire John Butler, who, from what I understand, is a friend of, of Coach McDermott's. Um, so there's that. And then Mike Waffle retired, who only was only with the Bills for one year, but was a 20-year veteran of the league as an assistant coach. Um, and a player before that, he was on a Super Bowl winning team. He was with the, one of the Giants teams that beat the Patriots. Um, I don't know much about Mike Waffle, and I honestly don't know much about Gil Bird other than I liked how the defensive backs played last year. Um, I, I know he was great in Tecmo Super Bowl as a cornerback yes. for the Chargers, one of the uh, people that would make That's the Chargers a, a team that was not all that good. He could hand the ball to butts on offense. You had uh, rookie junior Seau on defense, Leslie O'Neill. You had Gil Bird. You could win some games with them. He was also Jairus Bird's father, for those of you who remember that, that factoid. So, uh, you know, that was uh, – but yeah, it's a lot of people are you were, were a bit up in arms saying, boy, they did so well in the secondary last year. That was really the strength of the defense. You know, why would they let go of this guy? But maybe, you know, for all we know, maybe they did well in spite of Gilbert. You got to give some uh, trust, you know, the process, as they say. <laughs> yeah, he, he knows yeah, what he's doing. Like I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should trademark that before anyone else thinks of it. Interesting. It, it uh, does. I'm just yeah, gonna go say it does seem like the like the um, the trust like the the hundred you know like we have to evaluate everybody and and you know yada yada yada. It's like yeah, that's all true until like there's a guy who I used to know and 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 work with, and then you know we'll we'll figure out a way around it. Like mm -hmm. it seems like it seems like you know when it comes to like Mike Tolbert or like you know some of these other guys who are like McDermott's buddies. Like it seems like the the rules get bent a little bit now. Again, we made the playoffs this year, so there's maybe an argument for he knows what kind of players he needs to win. But that, again, like uh, you know, that 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 logic will fall away like all of the others do when you don't start winning. So, or when things go bad. The Texans' secondary was under Butler was less than impressive in 2017. Buffalo Rumblings writes they ranked 24th. Now, perhaps they didn't have the talent. But they both went to LaSalle College High, LaSalle College High School in Pennsylvania together, um, and to some extent, like, you know, what's the DB's coach doing other than getting guys prepared? And how much is it really fair to, you know, grade his performance on specifically how well the DBs rank as opposed to that being a function of the defense overall? So, you know, if McDermott thinks he can get this guy to coach in his defense, then it's all on McDermott's shoulders anyway. So. To my mind, I don't want to get too worked up about that. And the, um, the name John Butler carries some good connotations in Buffalo. Did some did some good work. Diff, different guy coming right. back from the dead and being no a defensive relation, coach. as far as we know. Yeah. Although I have to say, one time I had I heard John Butler on the radio in Rochester uh, shortly after 9/11. You know what? I'm not going to say this because it it might not have been John Butler. No, you know what? It wasn't John Butler. Never mind. And I'm not. Good, you're you're about to make him like a truther, and then you're like, no, uh, you're wrong guy. Was even a little worse than that. And what <laughs> I heard, and it was an ex-Bills player, and I remember now that it wasn't John Butler. So I'm going to let that go. Um, 
But we're going to move on before I say something <laughs> terrible about a next bill. Uh, we're going to go to the first um, domino, the first clue, the first. Uh, if this was Escape the Room, this is the this is the uh, the the sequence on the briefcase that you have to translate into the unlock code. This is the first little bit. The first chess piece comes out to be put on the on the board. Um, and uh, Alex Smith quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs was traded well was not traded to there is an agreement to trade him in place the moment the league year starts to the Washington uh, football club who will then extend his contract to 70 million dollars in four years um, remarkable obviously um, deal uh, he's a 34 year old quarterback who's done very well uh, overall, I think it's hard to say he's he's a bad quarterback. He's certainly, um, you know, he is at the, I would say he's either at the bottom tier of very good quarterbacks or the highest possible good but not very good quarterback. Um, he is almost one of those defining lines uh, type quarterbacks, almost like we have here in Tyrod Taylor, where like he just seems to be sitting on this line where no one can agree whether he should be. He's an Alex Smith type <laughs> quarterback. Alex Smith is the Alex Smith. He is the prototypical Alex Smith. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, that's I feel probably about right. Well, and the thing is, but and then we're talking about quarterbacks that sort of, you know, are they more Alex Smith or more Joe (laughs) Flacco? And you're like, well, uh, anyway, the point is, he's going to Washington, um, which means a uh, that we're going to see Pat Mahomes next year, and we're going to find out real quick whether we should have taken Pat Mahomes or not uh, with the tenth overall pick. like we could have two it's a team that was almost certainly going to need a quarterback in Washington uh, who is parting with Kirk Cousins now has a quarterback uh, that's drafting ahead of the bills so that's one less team taking the quarterback ahead of the bills uh, and three it accelerates the Kirk Cousins is available to be traded he doesn't have to be traded for but there's we'll talk about it in a minute there's speculation that the Redskins are going to try and force him to be traded to get some value before he leaves. Um, but the point is, one team no longer needs a quarterback. One big quarterback that was clearly on the market is no longer available. Uh, and the next big quarterback to come down uh, is, is I feel like, either a done deal and we don't know about it or days away from being a done deal and we will know about it. Um, but let me start with, let me start with Scott and his thoughts, because obviously Scott and I have gone back and forth quite a bit on quarterback this year. Um, first of all, thoughts on him going to D.C., uh, thoughts on whether he should have gone to the Bills, however you want to view this news, which I think is important uh, for the Buffalo Bills. H- how do you want to talk about this? You, I'll give you free reign. Okay, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it is a lot to cover. I mean, I think... I think... Four years, seventy million is the is the interesting part of this to me. Yeah, because that is a number of million dollars per year. I'm going to say is. like seventeen million a year, roughly. And what is Tyrod getting paid next year? Eighteen. Yeah, I can. I'll yeah, pull that up. Million. I'll check. I'll the, check over the, the cap. Then after I after I zool, I'll then log off. The cap hit might be eighteen. I forget exactly what the. I, I it's, it's cap number is eighteen. Even he's gonna get. 
His salary will actually be right about that too. His base is 10, his prorated will be two, and his roster bonus will be six. So he'd be 18 cap number and 18 actual money. And then right. and then is that it? Or is that the is that the team option after that? Then it's all in red. So I think it all becomes his red. Right. On then it's the team option. He is officially not under contract for 2019 at this point. Excuse me, no, it's under contract to 2019 for five points uh or for, excuse me for 2.083 million but that's not going to happen either it's going to be a lot more or a lot less mm-hmm. okay so there's there's yeah so i think that to, I, I mean i think i draw the comparison there to, to make it clear like what we're talking about here like if you want a mediocre quarterback in this league which i i i'm going to put alex smith in the mediocre quarterback category like okay i don't, I don't feel like he's anything particularly special i feel like you know um there, I don't want to get into the Kaepernick thing about why he's not in the league, but right. Alex Smith, like, you know, w- was, you know, he got, he played on some decent teams, but those teams were decent anyway. Like the Chiefs teams that have been making the playoffs the last couple of years were, were pretty good teams overall. They had good defenses. Um, you know, they had some, they had some weapons around Alex Smith to make them work. And they had Andy Reid, who was a pretty decent coach. I'm not going to like, you know, I've, I don't want to say that Tyrod would definitely work as well in that system because it's a different system, but I'm I'm not convinced that Alex is that much better than Tyrod. And so to a certain extent, what that means to me is is that's where your your market is for a mediocre quarterback. And so if you if you want your yeah, if you wanted your veteran guy, that was that was to a certain extent it. I mean, I think there are other obviously other options that are gonna be out there who are not as not as either not as uh not as kind of commit or I want to say experienced, you know, if Bortles hits the market for some reason, um, or if, you know, there's, there's kind of other names kind of floating, you know, your, your McCowns of the world, or if there are experienced, they're not very good, which is like the McCowns of the world. Um, so to me, I think this further speaks to the idea of Tyrod as a bridge. Um, I don't know that it's, it's necessarily, um, I don't think it necessarily closes the door on us still taking a quarterback with a high pick either way. Um, but I'd also say that I'm not, I'm not convinced that Kirk cousins is worth breaking the bank over, especially given the bills cap situation. And that's all I'll say about that. Well, yeah. that's all you say about it for now, but I'm going to ask you specifically in a minute more about <laughs> Kirk cousins. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, then, well, why don't Paul, why don't you hear your thoughts then? That's right. Yeah. Why don't, let's do Paul's thoughts on Alex Smith. Yeah, no problem. Alex is, I, I think, yeah, it's kind of already covered kind of the salary situation as far as what you pay for mediocre quarterback, et cetera. So I won't uh, recap that. Uh, what I will do is, you know, Alex Smith is certainly a quarterback who can, can win you games. Uh, he is, you know, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good player, but you do not break the bank for a guy who's 33 years old and, you know, you're looking to, you know, build a future with. The Bills have stressed throughout the importance of building a team that can win both today and tomorrow. And Alex Smith can help you win today, but he's not really going to be around tomorrow. And that puts off uh, even further the time that you're going to be developing uh, a quarterback. So I am glad Alex Smith is off the the table. He is at best, as, as we've discussed, a temporary solution. So that makes me very happy that the Bills have, uh, you know, just, are out of the running for Adam Smith by virtue of fact that he'll be going to Washington at some point in mid-March once the uh, league year is is official. And okay. now, Frank will ask about Cousins, so I won't even talk about Cousins. 
Yeah, well, I want to offer my thoughts on Alex Smith. Sorry. I think Alex How far away from my microphone did I wander exactly there? It, was, it sounded like you fell down a well for a bit. It did sound like, or you were you had gone to open your safe. and ah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> okay. I can hear you. It was fine. I just, you know, you know it, <laughs> we, we prefer you not speaking on the tin can. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a little confused about Alex Smith in particular with Washington because I feel like her cousins is probably – also an Alex Smith who's four years younger and they could have offered him this type of money a year or two ago and like he would have happily signed it. And so to me, the Redskins are stupid. They are stupid. And I'm so thankful. (laughs) One of my thoughts was that, was that I'm really happy that they continue to fall on grenades for the NFL because, (laughs) you know, you can count on them to, um, you know, you know, frankly sign Bruce Smith way past his prime. And throw a ton and of money. That, that that seems like more than a hypothetical there. Yeah, right. And they, they threw tons and tons of money. Deion Sanders at, at well, I think was on that list. They signed Dion at the end of his career. Yeah. No, they so they have a history of doing this, and um, we, you would just think that they would have learned their lesson. And in a way, thank God they didn't, because Buffalo could have had Alex Smith, and I would have been frustrated with Alex Smith because I I think I'm with Scott that he's closer to mediocre than good. And even if I didn't think that, even if I thought he was good, I certainly don't expect 37 year old uh, Alex Smith to be good at, instead of mediocre, you know, like he's on the tail end of this career. Um, so I don't really understand what Washington's play here is. The other thing about Kirk Cousins is uh, he stands to make a lot of money. Um, but the team from what I heard this morning in an inter- interview uh, was they they have the impression that they're going to they what they, they they there's a risky gambit where they can threaten Kirk Cousins and basically say look we'll, we'll sign your franchise tag again uh, if you don't you know go find what team you want to play with and they need to give us something back because they're not going to get any compensation when he walks or it'll be minimal and so. The idea is they could work out a trade beforehand and then he could sign with that team uh, and instead of running the risk of being stuck on the Redskins roster with and not playing on a team where he doesn't, you know, clearly is persona non grata. Um, I think that he's a better quarterback than Washington has treated him like. Um, I think if they didn't think he was the guy, like they should have walked away from him before this. But, um, you know, this, this would be like franchising Tyrod Taylor this year. It really would be sort of like, you know, it's that we, it's that it to put it in a bill's context. Yes. Right. It would be like, you know, we don't want you, but we have nothing better to do. So we're just going to force you to stay here. Um, you know, at least B- Buffalo, in a way, had the courtesy to let him walk and test the market last year, Taylor. And it turned out that, you know, the bills were closer to right on what he was worth than what Tyrod thought he was right. Um, anyway, so I'm but the, at the same token. You know, Kirk Cousins will throw the football. He's certainly a different quarterback than Tyrod Taylor in a lot of ways. I don't know that he has the leadership uh, or not the leadership. You know what? I think if anything, I would believe I would believe he would be a good locker room leader. He seems like a really good upfront guy. Like that? I, yeah, you like that? And I think that I think that there are people who uh, would attest to the fact that he's sort of a that like a character player. He certainly would fit that end of the Bills, you know desire at the position. Um, but I don't know that his host of problems is any better than 
Taylor's host of problems or or Alex Smith's host of problems. Um, they're different problems, but they're not necessarily uh, better. The other thing is, it's hard to say with him because they uh, they didn't have a lot of talent in Washington this year, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. They're a cruddy football team, and they've been a cruddy football team for a while. He, he didn't even throw it at Terrell Pryor for some reason. Like Pryor was pretty decent. <laughs> like, Terrell, I used to be a like, quarterback he, Pryor. Yeah, yeah he, no, threw, he caught a thousand yards. He had a thousand yards last year in Cleveland. They didn't throw to him this year. I, I know. I don't know. It's it's. Cousins, I mean, that's the Cousins has flaws in his game. Like he's he is he is he's better than Alex Smith, and he's he's younger. So at least you're getting more years out of it if mm-hmm. you sign him. Mm-hmm. But he's still like I'm not convinced that he's. I mean, again, like is he a guy like a Flacco? Sure, like he can. If everything else is right, he can get you there. But I don't think he's at the. He's certainly not at the Brady Rogers Breeze level, and I don't think no. it's. The, no one should think that. No one should pay him like he is. Right. What's he, they're a- going to? Someone's going to. I think that's some of just the market, right? Like yeah, if it you is. are one of these teams and the problem is you've got Denver, you've got Buffalo, you've got the Jets, who I think they all said were teams that A have the cap room and B the need for quarterback. Um and the worry is that if you're Buffalo, the other two teams are way up on the draft board and could in fact just take a young quarterback cheaply. Um the, now, a team like Denver might say, well, we have a good defense and we've had a good defense and we don't want to wait to develop a quarterback. We want a quarterback that can do these things because we think we can put the right pieces around him. Um, so you would hope that that happens because then, again, another team ahead of you on the draft board falls out. But you raised an interesting question, Scott, and maybe not dwell on it too long, but let's say Brady, Breeze, and Rogers is the top tier. And then what would be the next would be Roethlisberger. The hot take alert in the background. Yeah, yep. yeah that's it. <laughs> well, I'm going to mute for one second here. I think with the hot take alert, the Bills should draft a long snapper in the first <laughs> round. Um, so is it, is it just Roethlisberger? I mean, that, that's four. Who's in, yeah. who's in the tier right below that? Who's the guy that... I mean, I mean, Scott brought up Flacco earlier. I think you have to, you know, he's in there. Prescott's too young. We don't know where to put him. Foles, excuse me, not Foles, Wentz, you know, mm-hmm. might go in that. Wentz that and Goff, right. Tier. It's Matthew Stafford. I mean, that's a guy who's got a bunch of 4,000-yard seasons and a 5,000-yard season. Highest paid player in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, there's, there's, I think that's, those guys are kind of in there. Yeah, guys who kind of like can do it if, you know, you know, the guys, like, if you have, like, if you have 80% of the, you know, Brady can win with 50% of an NFL team around him. Right. You know, Breeze and Rodgers can do it with 60% of a team around him. And the next guys can do it, you know, like, you're, you know, I think you put Matt Ryan in there. I feel like yep. Matt Ryan. Oh, yeah, Matt Ryan. He was MVP last year. Kind of in that, that top tier. And then... I don't know. Like, part of me wants to put Russell Wilson in there, not just because I'm a huge yep. Russell Wilson homer, but like, he won with some pretty, like, not a lot of talent at offensive line or wide receiver for many years. Yeah. Um, admittedly, it was a good defense. So right. that's part of it. But I feel like there's enough there to, I don't know if he's maybe, he's still probably not in that top level. No. But beyond that, yeah, I think he's in that second level. Um, I think Phillip Rivers is probably in that second level, at least, or, you know, he's probably up there. Um, yeah, I think gotta, so. I haven't yeah. seen him play enough. I don't know. I've heard that he starts getting a little, little loose with the ball at some point. 
Right. Um, and they, then there's also like uh, your the young guys like the Carson Wentz and the you know you don't really know if he's Jack like lighting in a bottle. Yeah, Prescott. Yeah, uh, Prescott. Cam like, Newton, by the way, who like we didn't even talk about. Yeah, probably is right. Probably needs One to be in second tier. Like yeah, Matt Ryan at minimum. Right. Yeah. You know. So yeah, um, I'd put. I'm comfortable putting Cousins in there, and I think I think Smith's at the bottom of that tier to a certain extent. Right at okay. the next. So that's all right. So is that the tier you're we're shooting for as Bills fans? Then, like, you want a quarterback that's in that tier? Now, obviously, not Alex Smith now at 34, but like, well, see, that's the problem. Is that right. it's 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 easy to say like, well, let's just you know. Give me I'm that not guy. saying like let's just go to the quarterback store and get us yeah. your quarterback. I'm saying if we draft one, that's what we're hoping. I believe that's next to Walmart. If you go, right. if you make a left. Well, right. the, I, pro- the problem is where you're, I mean, to a certain extent, where you're drafting them. I mean, if if we trade up to get in the top ten, then they kind of have to be the first tier guy, um, because right. that's what you're that's what you're betting on. You're you're at that point we're mortgaging a little bit of present and future for someone who we think is gonna be the the guy for 10 years um if you're if you're back at the bottom of the first round yeah you're okay with a second tier guy um if you get a second tier quarterback you know that's when we're kind of in this range where you don't have to get as many pieces in place to get you at least into the playoffs and then as long as in the playoffs you hopefully get lucky and, and and things break the right way so are you saying that a guy like cam newton who you don't think is like a first tier quarterback is a disappointment he's the first overall pick um, I guess I would say, I mean, I wasn't prepared to defend myself on this. Sorry. <laughs> I, long I, I, you know, I, I'm not trying people. to attack. What is this uh, asking questions for us to defend our views? I, I've been used you know, to I for six years just putting I my view out there on questions. Obviously, I put you on the spot there, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's, it's just I'm trying to tease it out a little bit. No, absolutely. Put the logic up for up to the light. Um, the it's an old Bart Simpson quote, which is fantastic. As long as there are absolutely no follow up questions, the answer yes. is yes. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, could I have the telephone book for Hikado Japan? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just did that. Um, yes. So, what, what were we talking about? Cam Newton, first overall pick. Is he a disappointment? Um, I mean, if you're Carolina, you can't move on from him. He's obviously well, no, a better quarterback okay. than That's, almost anybody you could have. So, just, I, I think the problem is, is that, yeah. He is inherently a bit of a disappointment because he didn't he didn't win the Super Bowl on his own to right. a certain extent. Like Brady has done that, Rogers has sort of done that, Breeze has sort of done that, Roethlisberger mm-hmm. sort of done that. And again, like they had some of those teams were better or worse, and unfortunately, that's how you have to judge these kind of things. Like it's not fair to Cam Newton that he's not in that because he obviously came close. I I, I mean the Carolina. It was New England they were in the game with, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the one he was in, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they, they were in that. Wait, no, it wasn't. No, no Denver. they played Denver. Denver and yeah. It was the Denver year, right. Yeah, that's right. That's Peyton Manning's last it, Super Bowl. Delom was the quarterback for the Panthers when they lost to the Pats. In, right. In, like, 2000. And yeah, but the most recent one, yeah, right. It was the Denver game. So, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, and that makes me feel better about my case is that, that he didn't really get anything against that defense. Now, again, that was a great defense. But, again, Brady's beaten good defenses and mm-hmm. Rodgers and, mm-hmm. and Brees have. And, and and I don't think Cam – is it. that's the thing. I think the verdict is still out on him because Brees didn't really win his until he was in the second half of his career, I think you could probably say. So I think he still right. has time. I think I'd say that. I think the verdict's out. Okay. Okay. 
Let's move on. This that was that Did was you a think very the disappointment, Frank. Uh, no, I think he's fine, and I think if I think if you end honestly, I th- I think if you end up with a if even if in the top ten, if you think if you end up with a quarterback that is your quarterback for 10 years, then you did pretty well. Um, obviously, it's better to have Breeze or Manning or, you know, Michael Vick or guys that really you can hang your hat on being good quarterback. Um, Vick, of course, no. uh, not, not quite the other guys, but um, Donovan McNabb, like those are all guys who were franchise quarterbacks. And I think if you end up with a franchise quarterback, even if they don't win the Super Bowl, you did about as best as you could. Um, and so for me, I don't. If I come away from a top ten pick with a not an Alex Smith, but if I come away with a, I see that's not fair. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like you'd have to do better. Than, I feel like I'd want to do better than Alex Smith in the top ten, but not by much better, like, like a little better. Uh, but we haven't even brought up like a Marcus Mariota type. I think right. that would fall in the Dak Prescott category. It's still too young to tell, but could be. Yeah. Although Mariota is getting to be like, like I think we kind of know who he is almost now. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, but like it's, it, um, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to judge the younger guys. But, like you know, I get, your, I get your point. I get your point, Frank. I mean, I think it, it, we can get into the metaphorical co- question of what is success for an NFL team. Right. Is it, is it winning the right. Super Bowl? Is it being consistently in contention? Is it, um, you know... I think you having, have to come away with it, is it and say... Money, you know, whatever. If you can come away from the draft saying, yeah, there was no more than three guys in the rest of the league that I would have taken instead of my quarterback. Like, if, you're, if, you, if you have Breeze... Maybe you'd prefer Brady, but not by much, and and really not many other people. You, you know, like you look at that and you say Drew Brees is great, and he's not the reason we're not winning Super Bowls. You know, yeah. So, and Eli Manning, like Eli Manning, like he's not the quarterback that some of these other guys are, but he's a good quarterback. He was a good quarterback for a long time, and he certainly was capable and and won Super Bowl. So if you come away with a guy. Like that, that's what I think that's what you're shooting for. You know, if you have Kelly, it's like, you know, that class of 84. Um, 83, but that's okay. 83. Uh, you know, was Kelly the best of that group? Probably not. You know, was Marino the best of that group? <laughs> Maybe, but like, you, you know. That way, you had, you know, that was just so loaded. That- right. And if you look at any of those guys, and you, I, I think you come away from it, you never regret that you had Jim Kelly. I never once thought like I want Dan Marino instead of Jim Kelly. I thought Jim Kelly was great. He is great. And it wasn't the, those quarterbacks weren't the difference. It wasn't like John Elway was, you know, far and away better than the other guys. He just was in Denver doing something else and going to Super Bowls and not winning until the end too. And, you know, they were all kind, they were, they were all not equally great, but they were great in their own way. And you never felt like, you had to have the other guy. Like I don't think people in Green Bay are going, fucking Tom Brady, I wish we had him. The way that people in Buffalo, maybe not on that level, but you 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 rue the fact that you don't have a quarterback of that caliber. I mean, but did, did, did anyone say that, Frank? And it, well, no, we were talking about what success is. So I'm trying to say, like, yeah, why I'm okay yeah. with a second-tier 
a guy below that first group. Well, yeah, but you, but then the, the comparison isn't between Rodgers and Brady. It's between, um, you know, uh, whoever you want to Cam pick. Newton, Brady? Like, if I have Cam yeah. Newton for the next 10 years, I'm okay. I think I did well if I end up with Cam Newton for the next 10 years. Well, okay, but then you have to go back in time to when Cam Newton was drafted to a certain extent. Like, if you're... If I come, Brady's what I'm saying is, if, I, if, if, if they move up to the top ten and they take Baker Mayfield, and he has ultimately the career that Cam Newton has up to this point, I'd say, well, he was a good quarterback. They certainly got a good quarterback. I guess, the, and then the question is, is that if uh, uh, who else is coming out this year? Uh, Josh, Josh Allen, Allen from from Wyoming right. turns into turns into Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to be jealous. It would sting a little if they had the opportunity to get Josh Allen and didn't take him. But I think ultimately, if you come away with a good quarterback, you can only... It's like if you hit five numbers on the lottery instead of six. Sure, like, God, I wish I hit six, but it's really hard to feel bad when you're rolling. Yeah. You know, you walked away with $700,000. All right. Just to take this in a brief the other direction, because I'm looking at... At stats on ESPN, and they have all-time best seasons for quarterback by QB, total QBR. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, I'm going to give you nine out of the top ten, um, and then you tell me what 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 what's just the name missing, and I'll give you the just the JP Lawson. So so it's close. Brady, <laughs> Manning, Rogers, Breeze, Breeze, Manning, Ryan, Brady, Romo. Which I don't think anyone would have would have would have seen that one coming. Actually, the yeah, 14 Tony Romo. And there's Who's, and now there's one missing. There's one missing. What is the name? Don't go to ESPN. That's cheating. I won't cheat. Uh, JP Lostman's close. Okay. You're so, you're in the ballpark. You're definitely. If you want to talk about tears, he's in that tier. <laughs> I will say, um, and I will give you a hint. I will say, I will say AFC, okay. and I will say, in in the last fifteen years, you know the name, and I will say it's um, not AFC West. Um, and not AFC North, so it's in the either the AFC East or the AFC South. So like for Ryan Tannehill, uh, I'm gonna go with Blake. I go with Tannehill. Those are okay. So you're 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 both very close. In fact, Curtis Baker. So who who said who said who said Bortles? I did. Frank did. You're closest because it is a Jacksonville quarterback. Oh, Byron Leftwich. No. Oh, David, David Gerard. David Gerard. All right. <laughs> 2007. David Gerard had an 80.9 quarterback quarterback rating. Uh, wow. Now, it, it, the way that ESPN did it is they 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 have like so that's the total QBR, and then he he did have less plays than pretty much everybody else. He had 411 plays, and of the other guys like uh, Brady and Romo in one of their seasons had 508. So that's a solid. Hundred plays less to a certain extent, uh, but he also he had a slightly higher run rating than some of these guys, and he only had forty six point nine points added, which I guess is some sort of fancy stat. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm going to go back and look at David Guard's two thousand seven statistics. He went he went sixty four percent completion. Oh, you 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 quieted up for a second, Scott. He's still okay. Quiet. He is quiet, but he's probably talking and doesn't know that we can't hear him. I can hear you. Okay, there we go. Good. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. No, go um, for it. 64% completion. 2,500 yards passing, 18 touchdowns, three interceptions, three fumbles. That's enough 
for the seventh best season in NFL history. By by what I would say is by maybe QBR. a flaw. But I mean, yeah. it's, it's sure. It's kind of insane that that's just that just blows my mind. Anyway, okay, we can move on. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, uh, Lashawn McCoy and Richie Incognito went to the Pro Bowl, and Lashawn McCoy scored a touchdown. Allegedly, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I saw the replay. I didn't watch it either. But okay, yeah, well, good, good for them. Good time. Hawaii, congratu- Hawaii in January. It, was it in Hawaii or in Orlando? It was in Orlando. Or Orlando, wherever. It's still yeah, better it was, than Buffalo in January. Wah, wah. I don't know. I've been to Orlando. It's it's pretty sad. <laughs> my, my sister lives there. I know. It's that's also in the in that kind of JP Lossman tier of America, Orlando is, of American yes. cities. Yeah. Yeah, you're like you don't want it to dismiss it completely. Like it definitely could play in the league, but <laughs> but it's uh, not it's uh, not in the New York you know kind of Chicago uh, right New, category. Right. Whatever, um, so Facebook and Twitter, I've, I've got the Facebook questions up, Paul, so I'm going to read these. Um, you can go for the Twitter questions. Uh, David, I hear some commentators suggesting Tyrod and or Cordy Glenn in potential trades. Why would either have any trade value? Glenn has a big contract and lost a year due to injury. Tyrod would be a good backup, but his contract pays him starter money. Players with real trade value are on rookie deals like Dawkins, Zay Jones, or Trey White, and I wouldn't want to trade any of them. I certainly agree with the back half of that, David. Uh, that I wouldn't want to trade any of those players, even Zay Jones, who had a disappointing year. I think Taylor has trade value in light of Alex Smith's tra- Alex Smith's trade. I think you could point to him as a cheaper but very competent Alex Smith, um, and the trade value would be you wouldn't have to compete on the market. I suppose I don't think you would get very much back for him, but you could, you could think about it and try to, my guess is they won't. My guess is they'll end up cutting him precisely be what you said, because he's going to make $18 million next year. Cordy Glenn has trade value because tackles always have trade value. Um, and if they have any good year and anybody believes that they can come back from an injury, they're going to take them. That said, my guess is right now the bills are going to hold on to line players like grim death because they just don't, you know, with Eric Wood gone and the likelihood that Groy is probably going to fill in for him, um, largely based on the fact that they just don't have the capital to go and get in. They were not planning on having to get a center two this year. My guess is that's why Glenn um, will stick around, but that's why also why he has value. Do you guys have thoughts on 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 trading Taylor or Glenn? I, I think if you Glenn, I think is the the more tempting option because you again get some money off your cap. You have a guy in Dawkins you feel can fill in that role, and Glenn's health is such a question. But again, where I don't trade a sixth or seventh for him because he's a guy who's shown when he's healthy he can still be valuable to you. And same with uh, Taylor. Taylor, I think is going to be. I'm not going to say untradeable. No one is ever untradeable, but. He becomes most tradable once, you know, the chips have fallen in the draft and and so forth, because then, you know, you kind of know what teams are planning to do in the quarterback position the coming season. But by then it will be too late for the Bills to make a trade because they'll have already had either commit to him or cut ties from him and probably cut ties from him. So I would expect it will be difficult to trade Taylor, not impossible. We'll see what happens if uh, some teams don't love what they see in the draft and they're after Tyrod, mm-hmm. what the Bills could get. So I, I'm open to it. I just don't think it's likely to happen with either for the concerns mentioned. I don't have too much to add to that. Okay, Tom says, without Taylor, there's $40 million in available cap space, according to Spot Track. Not that much space required for re-signs as well. 
a run at Kirk Cousins possible question mark? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I we just talked about it. I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely impressed with Kirk Cousins' career. That said, uh, you know, if you'd have told me Jared Goff was going to be any good this year, I might have giggled. Um, so I don't want to, I guess I don't want to go down the path of whether he's worth it or not, but 40 million um, is going to be enough uh, to, to, to pick up uh, Kirk Cousins if you think he's the right way to go. It's certainly an option sitting at 20 and 21 to get a quarterback that is, you know, would maybe fit the McDermott model if they think he does and then use these drafts picks to get other guys that that you need um it's it's certainly possible yes it is it is possible i don't know based off of how they've said they're they want to build through the draft that it's super likely right um i think they would explore it and i think i'm sure if they're sure their agent has called the bills and been like hey this is kind of what we'd be thinking about and uh you know, our guy would be really excited to come play for you. So give us a call back. And I'm not sure that they would um, just based on that build through the draft kind of thing. And again, there's no like, I'm not aware that like Sean McDermott, you know, golfs with Kirk Cousins father during the off season or anything that would that would uh, cause us to throw out our existing plans and uh, and break all of our rules. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll never know. I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out if we sign them, I guess. Yes. Yeah, they, they and and Bean had been through and talked about. He had said that he had looked at all the quote unquote you know quarterbacks that would matter, guys in the first round. So he didn't say which ones he liked, but that he had seen the quarterbacks that would basically matter in this draft. Which means that they've definitely put a lot of energy into the the concept of drafting a quarterback. Uh, Paul, did you have thoughts? And then of course, Twitter questions if we have. Yep. No particular thoughts other than, you know, they found good value last year in the 20s with Trey White. You hope they can find good value again. And if they do make a move to trade up, God help them, uh, that because of all the homework they've put in that, that we just discussed, that they will make a good decision. Mm-hmm. And then on, on Twitter questions, I, I posted yesterday to see if anyone had uh, podcasting questions. We got some likes. We didn't get any extra questions. But then Frank chimed in today, and we got a question. You know, not, not a question, just – you know, Jonathan Fang had some thoughts on Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins, said they are two capable QBs who have been somewhat slighted in their careers. And I think that's definitely a fair assessment. Of course, we covered this situation to, to death a few minutes ago, but it's worth pointing out, you know, you we, we talked about the championship games last weekend. The, the quarterbacks were Bortles, Keenum, Wentz, or excuse me, Foles, and then some other guy. You know, they, they, okay, the other guy we know who that is, and that's a premier guy, but you know, capable quarterback, maybe that's all the Bills really need. Maybe that's why, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins type will be just enough for this franchise as we get away from teams necessarily needing that perfect quarterback. So we'll, we'll see uh, see where that goes. John is a, uh, a Nats fan here in Washington, D.C. Ah. We know him through the baseballs. So happy to have his comments. Uh, this day... Yep. In the history of the Bills, I yep. yesterday I, I I had said yesterday was the anniversary of the day that Jim Kelly retired, um, but that's not today. And Paul has something else for us today. I do have something else for us today. So we are. I initially wanted to cheat and go back to the one I prepped for last time before we uh, we changed the day on it. But I thought that's that's cheating. That's not allowed. So uh, I did check and see February one. This was the day seventeen years ago. The Bills hired a new head coach by the name 
of Greg Williams. Boy, oh, hindsight's twenty twenty on this. So here's, uh, I've compiled a lot of quotes and other stuff from that day and stuff leading up to the process. Uh, some articles noting seemingly out of nowhere, Tom Donahue had a candidate who seemed to fit the exact profile of what he wanted, a new coach. He wanted someone with an attention to detail, a man who was well-prepared, most important. He was looking for someone with an intimate knowledge of assistant coaching candidates. And, it's, and Donahue said, of all the people I interviewed then and most recently, this was the best candidate I ever interviewed. Enthusiasm, obsessiveness for details, a sense of humor, a belief in discipline, defense, accountability, teamwork. That's what Williams promised to deliver. And boy, if there's any lesson you can glean from this, you got to look at, you know, interviews aren't everything. That's all I can say. That's, that's, that's why I want to impress upon everyone. So it says uh, another article notes William impressed Donahoe with a detailed research plan and strategy that he had been preparing since 1992. Mind you, nine years prior to him actually getting a head coaching job uh, that would help him land a head coaching job. That plan included a list of coaches whom he'd want on his staff and he updated annually grading coaches' performances through each football season. I think Greg Williams is going to be special, said Donho. The two men first spoke last Wednesday, January 24th, by telephone, and uh, they met two days later for an interview. It was clear uh, for Donho it was hard to imagine a coach who was better prepared for the interview portion of his search. His detailed planning, particularly there with so many coaching staff, made him an exciting prospect. So those are some of the articles then uh, you know, Williams is going to be offered a three or three million dollar contract. Sadly, as we know, uh, that's all that would come out of it. Uh, he, he, Williams came in. He, uh, he had, uh, wow, Williams, 350 winning percentage is the worst in team history for anyone to coach more than 32 games. So, yeah, that's that's a little scary. But that has since been surpassed by Chan Gailey, I believe, since this article has been written off to check that. But he transitioned the defense from 3 4 to 4 3. They stepped back and went three and thirteen. Then they improved to eight and eight the next year. But then the last season, they ended up finishing six and ten, and that was it for Williams' tenure as a head coach. The defense did improve every year. Jerry Gray was retained upon Williams being shown the door in two thousand and four. Uh, Williams did win a Super Bowl as a Saints defensive coordinator. He is still hanging around the league to this day, I believe. Where is he nowadays? That should have been the trivia question because uh, I didn't uh, I didn't check that out before I came in. It looks like he's with the Cleveland Browns. Oh, dear. Yeah, he's with the Cleveland Browns. Again, Sorry. so technically in the league. He's technically right. he's kind of in the league. So here's the trivia question on this, and this is uh, this this one worked out well. Williams was not really considered the front runner for this job. The front runner was someone else who is now a head coach in the league. So here's some of the, the tidbits on this other gentleman. Uh, Ray Anderson, who represented this person, is, is the agent, told Sportsline.com that Donahoe said they were hiring Greg Williams. He said it was a brief phone call and one that didn't make us very happy. Uh, two well-placed front office sources from NFL teams told the Buffalo News that his interview with uh, President Tom Donahoe did not go well, and that was a problem. So he did not interview well, this person. Uh, this defensive mastermind uh, dropped out of the, the mix, and it says, uh, he said that, that when they asked this this person, now a head coach, you know, if he was disappointed about what happened in Buffalo, he said he was disappointed because he was never given the opportunity to know uh, what the position, uh, why the position would be the best move for his family. He was never shown around Buffalo, never saw where he would be working, and never met potential co-workers, Ralph Wilson included. Uh, he didn't seem to be enthused. He was not enthused about the job for these reasons and uh, just more disappointed than anything. But 
he is still a head coach in this league. Greg Williams is not. Can you name this uh, front runner for the Bills position in nine t- in two thousand one who did not get the job? Uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, yes, yes. Dead off. Dead off. Let him off hook. I just like to remind everyone that Greg Williams is spelled with three G's. <laughs> yes. It's important to note that he is G-R-E-G-G. It is a critical, critical, uh, critical point. It's how you knew he was terrible from the beginning. Yes. Never he trust a three G. Never trust a three G Greg. Well, and this is also why you should never trust any front office ever. Because that is like the most like like he is this is the greatest pick in the history of mankind. This is it gonna go great? You guys are gonna remember this day as when we Believe turn it all around. It's gonna work out fine. The interview was perfect. You guys have no idea. It's just such utter bull. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's why it's like it's the kind of the curse of expertise. Like no one who has been in football for 40 years can can go to the media and tell them. Yeah, I mean, these guys are okay. I think it'll work, but who knows, right? It's impossible for them to say that. Like, it's just like it. It would be refreshing if they did, but no one. Like, I can never imagine Sean McDermott going up there and being like, uh, "Yeah, this uh, uh, John Butler guy who's coming in, he's a good guy. I know him from back in the day. He'll do fine. The other guy also did fine, uh, but ultimately, none of this is really going to matter because it's the players who make." Like it's just that kind of humility is impossible. The answer to the trivia question, I'm I have uh I have again I'm always correct, so I will give you two possible correct answers, um, because this one's a little harder. I'm gonna say either Marvin Lewis, mm-hmm. or um, Gregory Goodwin Pincus. Oh yes, of course. That's Gregory Goodwin Pincus, who is the uh, an American biologist and researcher. Yeah, invented the oral contraceptive pill. I love this guy. <laughs> again, I just didn't like. I didn't like that he was a defensive coach. Again, again, I feel well, like that's he, all we again, hired. The, the as a, as the 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 guy who came up with the pill, he's mm-hmm. very good at playing defense. Yeah, understanding how to keep things <laughs> from penetrating. I, I believe he was a big uh, proponent of the prevent defense. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. right. <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was revolutionary compared to the pull out defense or the rhythm defense. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the, I mean, the rhythm one defense. Could say I'm laughing for my, one could say I'm laughing for my diaphragm. A lot of people would have thought that he couldn't coach because he had died in 1967. <laughs> but you know, again, like, not the first time we've hired a dead man as a coach. Yeah, you know. that's true. They just hired John Butler this week. They did hire a dead man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pincus was Dr. Pincus was a phenomenal answer, but Scott's other answer was the correct one. It was in fact Marvin Lewis, now head well coach done. of the Cincinnati Bengals. And that was uh, this day in Bills history. Bills hired Greg, Greg Williams with three G's as head coach, February first, two thousand one. That was wonderful. I, I like when Scott gets it right in two different ways. That always yeah. makes me happy. Um, the only other thing you oh well, here we go. This is it now. Uh, the last official act of the football season is upon us. We must pick our Super Bowl winners. Oh, uh, I will. I will not tell you the line. It doesn't matter. It's the it's the Patriots by a few, by not a ton, by a few. Um, I will remind you the Patriots have never won a blowout Super Bowl, really. Um, but they've won six of the eight they've played in over the last sixteen years. Um, Philly continues to be 
over all of them? Yeah, over all of them. I think they're over three or over two now. They lost one with Jaws. They lost one against the Patriots. I don't know if they've been to another one. They did win an NFL championship in the fifties. Um, or the the they're like the Bills. They won right before the Super Bowl era, and that's it. Um, right. That's why I like to say the Jets have never won a Super Bowl because even though they beat the Colts and John Unitas that year, it was still just called the AFL NFL Championship game up until the the fifth or sixth iteration when they started calling it the Super Bowl. Right. Um, so yeah, it was like it was after the merger. Anyway, um, Patriots Eagles. Patriots the Patriots the Eagles can do some things. Obviously, we'll all be rooting for the Eagles. Um, does anybody think they can do it? Or will you know, they, they can do it. I mean, the Patriots are not unbeatable, and the, the the Eagles have been slighted all throughout the playoff process and have just done nothing but you know keep winning games. And they dominated a pretty uh, solid Vikings team in the NFC Championship game. So they're capable, but capable and going to are two totally different different things. And by the way, I should note that Doug Peterson is the, the coach, and he was an answer to a trivia question that it was his uh, uh, Bill's trivia question way back in the in the day. But that's all I want to say because I don't want to, don't want to spoil it. But, yeah, they, you'll see they have some Bills, right? They've got Nigel Bradham is on the uh, roster, although he might be hurt. They've got that's Ronald right. Darby. They've yeah. got – I'm just going through the roster right now. Jay Ajayi, a Bill's, a Bill's murderer. Is on there. Got some, uh, got some, got a lot of former Badgers on the on the team here. We got Corey mm-hmm. Clement, we got Bo Allen, got Chris Maragos, who was uh, I believe is injured, but yep. was, Jason uh, Peters, who's on IR, by the way, for the Buffalo Connection. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah. Um, can they do it? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a football game. You know, they 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 could get, they could get lucky, and 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 you know, obviously, there's a certain amount of of credit that goes to a team that gets this far, even with the, the injuries they've clear, you know, with obviously the biggest injury to Wentz, of course. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like I would have trouble picking him in this game, even if Wentz was healthy and they're playing freaking Nick Foles. So no, they're not going to win. Um, I got, I mean, I'll see them hanging around and then I see the Patriots do the, uh, the old standard uh, score in the last two minutes score to start off the next half. And the three point lead turns into a, you know, a 13 point lead and uh, the Eagles then, you know, can't, can't quite put the pedal to the metal and the, yeah, I mean, I could see that the Pats, you know, maybe letting them sneak in a cover, but I don't, I don't think there's really much chance the Eagles win this game. I got the Pats by like, I'll just, I'll, I'll put it at like 34, 24. Like I, I, I think it could get it. It won't get out of hand, out of hand, but it's just, I don't think it'll be. It'll be All right. I, th- I think it'll be a bit, Closer game. I think the the last time these two teams played in a Super Bowl, the Pats won by three, but that was deceiving because they were up by and there was an onside, it was a touchdown, an onside kick that came at the end of the game for the Eagles there. I I think the Eagles have done very well in the playoffs. I think the one downside of them winning is that when Frank and I go to Washington Nationals games, the Phillies fans may be more obnoxious <laughs> if, they, if their football team has won a Super Bowl the prior season. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's that said, I I think you always have to look at who's the better team and, and who's been there before. And the Patriots have legitimately had every situation thrown at them, and they seemingly have won in almost all the occasions that matter. They are they only seem to lose to NFC East teams in the Super Bowl, uh, so that's plus. So maybe maybe that'll that'll bode in the Eagles' favor. And I think the Eagles are a good team. I think they keep this competitive because, as Frank noted, the Patriots don't really blow teams out of the Super Bowl. They've never really 
done it not against the the rams the the panthers the eagles and whoever the heck else they've beaten that i've lost track of i think they beat the uh, the, the falcons last year and then i've uh, the seahawks so all of those were close games i think this will be close i think eagles defense will play well but i think it's gonna read i think it's gonna be 24 21 patriots in this one uh patriots thousand uh, right. i have the only one who has faith in the eagles to keep it close yeah, I just well no, I have I have them a thousand to nine hundred and ninety nine. Oh, so okay, I, that's true. It's a one point game. At least it'll be right. exciting, I suppose. I'll get we'll get sick of all the screen. Uh, I can't I can't even get excited for the Super Bowl to be honest. I I do and I say that uh, as a way to 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 ease the waters in case I suddenly on Saturday afternoon be like you know fuck this guys I'm just gonna go take a nap or go for a walk. <laughs> I, I did that for a Patriots Giants Super Bowl because I wasn't a big Giants fan at the time, but I then but, ended up did watching the game and boy it was I did I find out I was a much bigger Giants fan than I realized. Yes, you can you know miracles can happen. Um, no, I just you know it's not even like a that it's a foregone conclusion that the Patriots will win. I suppose that in a lot of ways I, I think that it is, but that's not why I don't want to watch it. I don't know. I just I am I was sick three Super Bowls ago with the Patriots, let alone like last year and now this year. Um it's hard to get excited about the Eagles without Carson Wentz, although Foles has obviously done and the team have done an admirable job throughout the playoffs to, to get there, especially in the game against uh in the championship game where they they really sort of uh owned it. Um, but I am just, I am going to be frustrated with Patriots Super Bowls until Bill Belichick and Tom Brady move on. And it's annoying because it's probably not going to happen next year either. And my guess is that one of them might move on if you're lucky, but not both of them. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, other than them being sick of each other, why? Right. Why, why would you leave? Why? It's just. I know, and they're probably sick of each other, but not sick of winning. And it's almost talk. like you've played a video game. So you end up, it's like a video game that they've played and won so many times, it's no longer challenging for them. So the new yeah. challenge is to split up. Well, they have it's to like take the, it off yeah, right, rookie like, setting. Right. <laughs> they should take it off rookie setting and try it. Well, right, and then you end up and you're like, oh, I've got the MVP and the defensive MVP and the Super Bowl and a perfect season and 10 Pro Bowlers, and I've won everything. And yeah, it's, it's not really... We were talking about the settings earlier with the injuries, like turning injuries down to zero. Like, right. yeah, the Pats need to take it off off rookie mode when they're playing. When the when the other team just starts throwing you interceptions for no reason, right? And like, oh, it's fourth and fifty seven, and they're gonna run it. Okay, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, where anyway? Uh, we'll see though. I mean, I'm obviously we'll watch some of it. Uh, you, I, I can't not watch some of it. And last year, really, that's the other thing. Last year. With them so close to losing, with oh, Atlanta so... owning the goddamn game and they couldn't finish it off, was just sort of like the I give up. That's the thing. I wish we could just tell them, like, we get it. You're the best. You've done it. Go away. Right? Like, exactly. like what do we need to give you to, you to stop? Yep. You, right? You don't gain anything by winning another. We don't care. You've the, won. The... You're the best. Just let us play our game. Now. The problem, the problem for like the Bills fans specifically, like AFC East fans in in general, which I, I don't really have to care about the Jets and the mm -hmm. the Dolphins fans per se, is that we're getting to the point now where now it's not ever really going to be possible in our lifetimes to ever be better than the Patriots were right. for this period of our lives. Like they are so dominant to this point where we can't reasonably expect to go on a run that will match this. 
Right. Like, you could win three Super Bowls in the next seven years, and Patriots fans will be like, yeah. That's a nice little, that's, that's nice. That's, that's cute. That's a nice little run you had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and that's, that would be, yeah. So now we're approaching that level where it's not even, again, like, it's just not. It's like I, you're like, playing basketball with a 15 year old and everybody else is seven. And <laughs> it's just I don't, go away so a seven year olds can play a basketball game. And I don't, I was like, I want to stop talking because I feel like there's some like jackass Patriots fans who's listening to this strictly for like, he's listening to 45 minutes of us talking and now he's just honing into this part and we're, he's just, he's just, he's, he's W-E-I. having, yeah. yeah, he's having palpitations at us. Uh, just, you know, getting over ourselves. Anyway, I think you should be a little embarrassed of yourself. If you're a Patriots fan. I think <laughs> yeah, you exactly. You need to get a life, sir. Yeah, if you listen I, to this Bills podcast, for us to occasionally talk about how the Patriots are really time good. to move on. <laughs> you Try, find a new mountain to climb, Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's who it is. That's who it is. It's Tom Brady. He, we know you're listening. Find a new seat to say, "I'll Bill Belichick." Just no one say anything about his his kid. That's what we've learned. I don't know if you guys follow that story. If I, you're a piss ant and like would like to email us, you can <laughs> be Bills MNY or tweet us at be Bills MNY on the Twitter. BBillsMNY.wordpress.com is our WordPress page where we host our podcast and Facebook.com backslash BBillsMNY. That's B-B-I-L-L-S-M-N-Y, where you can find us. You can Google us. Uh, You can Google Buffalo Bills Podcast. We are usually on the second page with all the really great podcasts. uh, And we are happy to have done that this this year in our our sixth year of podcasting. You know, we got to the playoffs. We had a good year. Uh, certainly the regular, the, the playing season ends next week. Um, we will probably not rush back to the podcast microphones as is our want. Um, but you know, as the off season goes on, we'll do some stuff like maybe interview fake Tom Brady. Um, you know, last year, a couple of years ago, we had a couple of fake quarterback interviews. Those were good. Uh, but we'll sort of space things out to coincide more with the NFL calendar. So we'll probably do one. (laughs) around the combine and one around free agency and one around the draft and one because we're bored. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll go back to our, a few good men, uh, uh, yeah. bring back the old favorites. Uh, that, was, that was actually, that went over well and I wasn't sure how it would do, but we'll, it was, we'll do the, uh, we'll do the wacky schedule too. Right. We tend to be more, we tend to be most interesting when the news is the least interesting. Right. That we, is, that is, the podcasts get few, fewer and further apart, but we would not really know Ilsa, the dominatrix, as well <laughs> as we do. Which Stephen has seen. Stuff. I remember Stephen said he had seen the Ilsa film. So, well, yeah, okay. it gets weird now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were so happy to have you on this on this podcast tonight, which is ran a little long, but you know what? We talked about some interesting stuff. So. You have a good night, everyone, and a good week, and enjoy the Super Bowl, and we will talk to you afterwards. Until then, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone.